One second. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Well, the world has still gone nutty, buddy, buddy. Even downright cruddy, buddy, buddy. Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy. But there's still buddy cast. No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on Buddy Cast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Ideo, buddyos. Welcome to another wonderful episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Joining me today is my good buddy, Zia Quill K, author of Jamie Wonders About the Tooth Fairy. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me, Nick. Thank you for coming back and being a buddy on BuddyCast. Always a pleasure. Yes. So, buddy, I got to start by asking, tell us about, tell us for our audience members out there that aren't familiar with this book, tell us about the book. Yeah, so Jamie Wonders uh, is going to be a whole series. Uh, The first one that we released was Jamie Wonders about the Tooth Fairy. And... It's actually about what the tooth fairy does with your baby teeth. Why does she collect them? And it actually started off with a, it's actually based on a real thing that I asked my mom when I was a kid, because I was a very inquisitive child. I was always taught to ask questions and my family really encouraged that. I was grown, I was raised in a very scientific driven family. And so um, I asked my mom, was this tooth fairy do with your baby teeth? And my mom, not knowing an answer for that, very politely said, what do you think she does with them? And uh, apparently the next day I actually came back with her with this great story. And ever since I was a little kid about maybe fifth or sixth grade, I knew I wanted to make this into a book. And I knew I wanted to be an author in second grade, but I knew I wanted to write this since late elementary school. And junior high and high school, I, I always wanted to make this particular story into a kid's book and just never knew what to do. There's always so many different answers to how to get published and eventually things start falling into place a lot of it because of you of all things and we'll get into that in a little bit of course mm-hmm. and it actually happened <laughs> um, a little over a year ago now it actually happened and i have my first published book and we're planning on doing many many more adventures with jamie wonders Awesome. So how did you create the characters in your mind? Like, tell us about the characters. Yeah, so I didn't actually have a character in mind. I knew I didn't want to base it on me. That was a big thing. I I don't like writing about myself when I do writings, whether it's short stories or anything. I'm really big about not making it about myself. I never really have been about making it about myself. And I want to make, I, I want to use a name that could be kind of for, either gender that could kind of just be for whatever because I want to just kind of capture something and my wife's name is Jamie and she just said one day and goes well watch name after me and I just said okay so that was it that was the name Jamie and I, I I really struggled trying to kind of force my way into coming up with a name for the story because originally it was going to be a one-off book and that was going to be it and then of all great ideas as you've probably experienced being an artist too your best ideas come when you're not thinking about it. The harder you think about something, the the less likely it's going to come to you. There's actually a scientific thing for it. If you're familiar with deja vu, there's another thing called presque vu, called tip of the tongue. So when something's on the tip of your tongue you can't remember it, the harder you try to think about it, the harder it's going to be to remember it. So out of the blue one day when I was – I forget what I was doing, but all of a sudden it came to me, Jamie Wonders. We're going to have that be the title and make it a series and then have subtitles for it. So Jamie wonders about the tooth fairy. We make Jamie wonders about whatever. And it just kind of blossomed from there. And it's a very simple title. It kind of tips the hat at Alice in Wonderland. And that's one of my favorite books growing up, one of my favorite movies as well. And I love the name wonders. Uh, I always love that concept of wondering, asking questions. And that's kind of what the whole thing's about is asking questions and wanting to know more. Nice. Now you mentioned BuddyCast helped you in this process. Can you tell our viewers how? Uh, yeah, actually, we can uh, actually look in the book because actually in the book, 
We really? actually published, yeah, we actually published it in the book. Let me get to the end here. So towards the back, <laughs> my illustrator actually surprised me with on well, this page, a little cartoon version of me. <laughs> that was a fun little surprise. But here, Jimmy Wonder is actually based on an incident when Zia was a child. He asks his mother what the tooth fairy does with, his, with the baby teeth she collects. His mother decides to ask him what he thinks the tooth fairy does with the teeth. The base for the story is what Zia came up with the very next day. That idea stayed with Zia until he decided to write a children's book about it. With no idea what to do with the story, it sat, it sat untouched for five plus years on his tablet until a podcast called BuddyCast interviewed Aaron Ozy, author of the children's book Regulus. Zia reached out to Aaron to ask for advice about getting his Tooth Fairy story out to the world. Without BuddyCast and Aaron's generosity, Zia's story would never have left his tablet. And that is Whoa. in that is in the book. So every copy of Jamie Wonder Dog Tooth Fairy mentions how this book got made. So thank you, Nick. Look, Mom Vegas. <laughs> so without me listening to your podcast in physical therapy for a car accident I was in, while I was lying there getting my legs moved for me and getting stretched for me because I couldn't do it on my own yet at that time, I was listening to you interview Aaron, and Aaron had mentioned if people want to get their works published, just reach out to him for advice. And you said that, there you go, people reach out to Aaron for advice. And I remember pulling my phone out of my pocket and telling them, stop moving my legs so I get my phone out of my pocket because <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Taking a screenshot so I could see Aaron's name. I actually have a screenshot on my phone still. <laughs> so I wouldn't forget his name. And I reached out to him. We, My wife and I sent him, um, just emailed him my story because it's a kid's book, so it's short. And we did a, we did a little video chat with him. And uh, he actually really liked it, thought it had some very good potential, loved what I wrote, and decided to walk us through the whole process. And we found an illustrator, and that was a long, tough journey, but we found an amazing illustrator. But like I said, without that interview and me listening to your podcast during physical therapy, I would have sat there wondering, what am I going to do in my life after a car accident that may be disabled, and how do I get a book published? Because everyone had a different answer. It was always going to be super expensive, and Aaron taught us how you can do it very, very affordable. And so I have my book because of this podcast. Wonderful. Buddies helping buddies, you know? Yes. <laughs> That's one thing I hope to get out of this podcast, no matter what I do. I just want to connect two buddies to help them, whether it be two business buddies or whether it be helping someone connect to their dream. Oh, yeah. So, now you, you got me achieving one of my lifelong dreams, and you got me a new friend with Aaron. So Exactly. Then, that was my next and a new, question. And a, new, and a new friend in you. So Yeah. Exactly. That was my next question. Um, tell us more about our buddy Aaron, like how much his friendship has meant to you and everything like that. Yeah. So when we first talked to Aaron, it was strange. The way he the way he phrased everything was so great because he kind of trolled me for a second. He read the story and he told me, he goes, um, I hate to say this to you, but I don't think I can give you advice on how to get your work out there. And I, I was kind of crushed. I'm like, I didn't think it was great, but I thought I had something decent at least. Uh, even if it doesn't make, even if I can't pay the bills with it, at least I can say I had a book out there. Like that was, that was the dream was to get it out there. I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, can I ask why? And he goes, oh, I think what you wrote is beautiful. And he goes, I don't want to just give you some advice and walk away. And he goes, I want to walk you through this. I want to see this process the whole way through because I want to buy your book. Because I think this should be in everyone's home that has a kid. Because I want to not just give you advice and just say, run along. Because I want to be part of this process with you. And so that was such an amazing moment. Like, that was a life-changing moment right there. On you. Yeah, it was It was absolutely incredible. Like, that was such an incredible moment to happen. Um, especially, like I said, like, you know, I, I, I was, like I said, I was on your show before. And that was, it's kind of weird how this has come full circle. Because the last thing I did as a balloon artist it was after my car accident, after I kind of realized that I was done doing my performing, my stage shows, my artwork, doing that stuff, was the last thing I did as the balloon guy was BuddyCast. And it was kind of a neat way to kind of talk about my career and end that chapter in my life and end that whole thing. And the first thing I've done to promote my book officially is this right now. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of neat that I've taken this time to kind of prepare myself to get this whole career new career going and is and with Aaron helping me out he's helped us out so much every time I have like a question I can text him and either he'll text right back or we schedule a call 
he's been there through so much of this and he's helped me out. I said about tons of other people. Um, I have a lot of experience doing my own social media marketing without spending money. Cause I was broke doing my balloon thing, trying to get my name out there. And so I, he's sent me other people to kind of help teach them how to do social media marketing stuff without spending money uh, to kind of help get them going, which has been really great. And so and it's been great. If I'm not too sure about something like the cover design, I thought I had a good idea for the cover. And when I showed it to him, he agreed that it was a great idea. Uh, so that was a huge, that was a huge sigh of relief knowing that what I thought I had was actually a good idea. And so he's been very helpful the entire way through the illustrations we have. He absolutely loved every idea that we had. And so it's great to know that we're, we're on the right track. We're doing the right thing. And all the advice that he gave us on like, you know, sizing of the book, the shape of the book, even um, mm -hmm. like we purposely chose to have a matte finish on it and not like a glossy finish because kids get dirty hands. And so this way yeah. the fingerprints don't show up as easily little details like that, that most people wouldn't think of. And he mm -hmm. definitely helped. He definitely helped guide us in those directions. Uh, we definitely went with a higher quality paper that, you know, costs more to print, but this way they're a little more durable, especially with little kids. We want to make sure that the book is going to last as best as best it can. And so helping us with those small decisions that most people would overlook, we want to make sure that we were making the right decisions the whole way through to every little detail. And it's definitely become a friendship. It's not, it's not a business thing all the time. It's very much friendship. We talked, we actually talked just this morning and yesterday, and we talked about video games because nice. I collect a lot of old video games. So we talked about some of the stuff I picked up for my collection recently. And so it's definitely become a friendship. Love it. Love it. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. I'm writing, as I mentioned, I'm writing a book. I told you about this beforehand. Yeah. My one thing is I'm struggling to find an illustrator. How did you find your illustrator? Yeah, so the illustrator process was extremely challenging. That was something that I was very, very worried about. And I started looking on websites. Like I started on Fiverr, <clears throat> like a lot of people do. And then I found there's other websites that are websites for illustrators to find illustration jobs. And I'm not kidding when I said I actually clicked on over a thousand different profile of illustrators across like five different websites. Over a thousand illustrators, a lot of illustrators go through, they start to blend together. And every single person I wrote to without fails, all asked me the same question, what style do you want me to do? And that was the problem. They kept saying like, you know, oh, I can do family guy style. I can do like this Disney movie style. I can do this style. They all can mimic everything and they can mimic it beautifully. They're amazingly skilled artists. And one of the things that Aaron told me to do, and I liked it because I didn't want to give them the story. I don't want to give away my story and have them run off with it. So I gave them a line from the book and I gave them, uh, it was two lines. I gave them, Jimmy has learned many things like why we use a fork. Because otherwise, eating spaghetti will be really messy. That's so all I gave him. I said, draw me a picture from that. That does not give away any information about Jimmy Wonders about the Tooth Fairy. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is actually what has become the final product in the book. Um, but like I said, we, we left it open-ended for the illustrator. I want to see what they came up with. Every single person came back with, well, what style do you want me to do? Like, do you want it like this? Do you want it like this? Like... Do you want like, you know, Bruce do style? Do you want like uh, the odd ones out style? Like these famous YouTubers, do you want these cartoons? Like everyone had so many follow-up questions. And I'm like, I gave you a line. I want to see what you come up with. I want to see their own personal thing. I want the artist because I'm an artist. I want to see what their artwork says. And nobody could just do their artwork. I want to see what their stuff is. I want to see their own unique style and nobody could. And I actually put it on my Facebook profile to say, hey, I'm looking for an illustrator. And of all people, it was my wife's old coworker from a former job. His wife sent her an audition just for fun. She thought, like, hey, she, was, she liked art growing up. She did really good art classes. Always wanted to be an artist for a living. She sent a thing. She was the only person at over a thousand profiles I looked at. She's the only person that said, okay, and drew a picture. She was the only person. And her stuff was great. Um, she and then after uh, when we started discussing more of the art, more of the drawings for the book, I, and when I picked her, we started teaming up with stuff. And I mentioned casually, I love watercolor I, as a personal preference. I love watercolor, and we also want to make sure that the backgrounds weren't too busy. 
Like, like this may be one of the busiest backgrounds that you see in the whole book, but it's mm-hmm. even not that busy. because you want the kids to kind of stay focused on the story and not get lost in the drawings. So even like when she's talking to her parents, you don't see the background of the kitchen anymore. It's focused on what's happening in the story. And that was, that was on purpose. And the whole, the whole story is like this to help keep the kids focused on the action. Mm-hmm. And she did such an amazing job that a lot of people end up having one illustrator for one book. And even if it's a series, they get another illustrator for the next book. And she did such a great job. And we talk about my long-term goals for the stories. I want to take on some difficult topics that are very emotional. And she was like, yeah, I want to do that too. So she has half the business now and she's the official illustrator for Jamie wonders. But I definitely found her in a place that I was not expecting to find. I was expecting to have to pay thousands for an illustrator. And so I found it from my wife's, old co-worker, co-worker's wife, and she's killing it. She's doing an incredible job. That's awesome. So like so, I said, you, you never know where you're going to find the person. You never know. Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit beforehand, but tell us more about the publication process, how that all went for you. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it, it was a lot. It, it was stressful only because like, this is such a, a big thing. Like this was a huge dream to have. And so I was very, very nervous for it. Um, so like I said, I was, I, I would, I'll be honest. I was scared to death for it. I was terrified. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I want to make sure let me turn that down. I want to make sure that I was ready for it. So Aaron made it very easy for us to understand. I think the hardest part was making the entire book, the one PDF for the website for, I, I published Lulu and which is great. And <laughs> having Aaron explain stuff for, uh, for me was a huge help. Because I've actually uh, given advice to a lot of other people that want to get their book published. And one person in my hometown that I live in, they were telling me they found a major pu- a major publishing company. And there's a, another company called Ingram. And Ingram is where probably 98, 99% of bookstores buy their supply from. Most stores don't buy their supply. They're not going to buy their books from me and then stock their shelves. They're going to get their stuff from Ingram. They're not going to get it from me. And so to get your book on Ingram is a huge thing. And this person who hasn't even finished making, uh, even writing or illustrating their book yet, they're going to pay this major company $3,000. They're going to email their, their book file when they're done to this major publishing company. They're not getting published to this company. All the company does is transfer that file that they get emailed to the Ingram site and just upload it to Ingram. So this way it's available on Ingram. That's all they do for $3,000. That's a lot of money. I could never have afforded that. My book would never have been through Ingram. Lulu did that for for me. That's part of Lulu's thing. They put it onto Ingram for me. They put it onto Amazon, Barnes Noble, and Walmart's websites. It's also available in other countries as well. I control the pricing, so I can control how much I make per book. Um, and everyone has to get their cut when you buy it from like this website, so I control how yeah. much profit I make per book. Uh, but and then the only money I had to really spend through it was I have to buy what's called an author's proof, which is actually in this nifty frame. <laughs> so when you upload the file and everything was good, it actually has like highlighted things of what's in the margin so you can see how it, if things get cut off by like, you know, um, the binding uh, option that you chose. And they print off one copy and send it to you. If everything looks good, that's what's going to get pr- sent off to other places. And this is the author's proof for this book. Uh, and my illustrator and I are taking turns of who gets what author's proof. So the second book, she gets that author's, author's proof. And I get the third. So I get all the odds. She gets all the evens, pretty much. Love it. And it looked good. And so I had to buy that. And I and uh, Lulu gets coupons all the time through the email. I had a 15% off coupon, and I got to use it for my author's proof. So I think with shipping, it cost me like $6 and something cents. Nice. So it was super cheap. And that's all I had to buy. I don't have to buy copies, but I have, you know, a big box downstairs. So if we do a book signing or if I go to an event, I can actually have copies to, uh, you, you know, sell. A free copy. Yeah, I can do that. Um, and then I, can, I can like sign copies. So I have a whole bunch of like where this one came from. Uh, this is actually from the first batch. You can tell it's from the first batch because in the back, there's a mistake. There's Uh-oh. a layer where it says more that shouldn't be there. So if you have one of the original ones, it has that, that shouldn't be there. So it's going to be worth lots of money someday uh, from one of the original runs. Mm-hmm. So, so <laughs> that's when you tell us one of the original ones. Yeah. And 
And so it was nice knowing that I don't have to, because we've had, like I grew up in a family of clowns. My mom's a clown for a living. Mm-hmm. And I've known, I've known a few clowns that have self-published books, but they had to buy like thou, a couple thousand copies of their book just to make it where the book was affordable to print so, so they could sell it at a price that was reasonable so they can actually make some money. But then they had to like redo their garage for shelving and stuff like that to actually hold all these copies. I'm like, I could never do that. And so this made it where the only co- the only thing I had to spend at Lulu was that office proof. That's it. That's all the money I had to spend. All the other copies are things that I wanted to buy personally. And so that was really nice. And to be able to say that's available on Am- on, on the websites of Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart is a huge plus. And then I got in my local bookstore by bugging them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I literally bugged them and they put it in their store. And I go in there all the time whenever they get in, whenever it sells and they have to get a new one. I go in there and I take the I take my book and I put it on the front of the shelf. And I tell people all the time, like, this is a really good book, by the way. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Uh, I wrote it, by the way. That's my name. So I'm not biased yeah. at all. And I and then I make it sell while I'm there. I tell people and people buy it because I told them I wrote it. So I'm always nice. in there selling my own book. <laughs> nice. Do you ever sell to like local bookstores too? Anything like that? Yeah. So I've I've had a like I said, my local bookstore here in town, I got them carrying it. So I'm always moving it to the front of the thing. I'm always signing the copy. I go in there with the Sharpie and sign the copy and tell people that I wrote it. So I'm always bragging to people. Nice. Um, but because it's on Ingram, that's what makes it readily available for almost any bookstore you could go walk into to order it. And if you tell them, like, you know, like, you know, yeah, just look it up. They can literally just type in my name is the easiest because it's a unique name. And they're like, oh, yeah, I see it. Jamie, wonders about the tooth fairy. I'm like, yeah, you can stock it here. You guys can order a copy. And like, yeah, that sounds great. You're a local author. We want to support local authors. And they just order a copy, and it gets there in a week. And because it's on Ingram, but because Lulu got it on there for me, I didn't have to pay that three thousand dollars that lady was gonna pay. And I told her about Lulu, that saved her three thousand dollars. That mm. these major companies charge people to literally transfer a file is all they're gonna do. There's no marketing involved, no nothing. Wow, and that's so, Lulu, yeah. L-U-L-U, Am I correct? Like Hulu? Yeah, basically? yeah, L-U-L-U dot com. And like so, it's super easy. Really, am happy using them. I'll be using them uh, for a lot more stuff too. Uh, nice. Like I said, Aaron helped me out with all that stuff. Like I said, I needed help with some of the PDF stuff mm-hmm. that I'm not good at, but we had a uh, friend of my illustrator help us out with that. So that was super, super convenient. And they have tons of options. So you can do hardback stuff, you do novels, photography books, tons of sizes, page type, like paper type, um, everything you can imagine, and then more. So that was really, really nice to be able to have all that done. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask you this question. What was it like seeing the completed copy in your hand for the first time? Yeah, so the author's proof, when that showed up, <coughs> that didn't really feel – it didn't feel real. It didn't really feel like it was special because it was just one copy. It was almost like a novelty thing, like, hey, I got I, – I paid to have this thing printed up, and that was the end of it. It didn't really feel special. Sorry, my allergies are killing me all of a sudden. You're good. <laughs> uh, I took an allergy pill beforehand, but like, there's a sneeze that wants to come out, and it won't come out. Like it's <laughs> being, it's it's like the terrible twos of sneezes. Uh, <laughs> when it really hit me was, um, we want to have a because we did a pre-sale thing where people can order from us at a discounted price and have it signed. <clears throat> um, so we ordered a hundred copies for that. And when that box showed up, and it's literally just packed, so all you see is this little spine. And on the spine, you know, just seeing, just flipping through the, the just flipping through this whole box and just flipping through and just seeing this over and over and over, Jamie wonders, Jamie wonders, Jamie wonders, Jamie wonders. That is when it felt real, and that's when the tears started flowing. And then seeing my name on, on Amazon, on Walmart, on Barnes & Noble was a huge one, because I was a there's Barnes Noble not far from my grandmother's house. I would go there all the time to get books and seeing my name on Barnes Noble's website with a book that I wrote with my wife's name on it was something that Sarah and I designed together that we worked hard together on. That was like a big, big moment for me. That was huge. That was such a crazy feeling. Wonderful. Absolutely love it. So you mentioned, you know, you finally meet Aaron. You finally have all the tools. What was the ultimate motivation to hit the send button, to hit, to make this dream a reality? What was your ultimate motivation? Um, I, was saying, I, I spent my whole life performing with my family and doing clowning and 
eventually when I got older, I wanted to rebel against the clown lifestyle that my mom had built up. And so I became a magician and a balloon artist. Not a big rebellion, but it was mine. So, <laughs> And I started doing balloons in a much different way. I started, like, I grew up going to the East Bay punk shows. Like, I had the big black and green mohawk and the kilts and everything and the spikes and the studs everywhere. I still have all that stuff, too. I still like it. And the East Bay punk scene was very much about acceptance no matter what. There is no hate talk allowed there. If you had a problem with another person there, you get a third-party person and you sit down and you talk it out. You don't have to like everyone, but you have to respect everybody. And that was the rule of the East Bay punk scene. And I always appreciated that. I always like they taught respect. And that was a huge thing for me. And I still hold true to that very much. And so I always want to take that with me no matter what kind of thing I did in my life, whether it was working as a stock boy at Skechers shoe store in an outlet mall, or whether it was working the snack counter at a Target store. I always worked hard. I always did the best job I could. I always want to make sure I, I want to make sure that I worked hard, that I was noticed for putting the, the work in. I want, it was always at 110%. It was always me. And when I started doing balloons, started getting more and more recognized for my balloon work, my magic work, I didn't want to be the guy in the suit. I didn't want to be in the tuxedo with the birds. That was never me. <clears throat> it was always very punk rock. And I started becoming like a big fan of like Dan Sperry. If anyone's ever seen his magic, very much goth punk style. I mean, him are, are friends too. Like he's an incredibly nice guy. And he kind of got, people didn't want to talk to him in the magic world either. And I kind of got that same thing. And with balloons, it was very much, I was doing bars, nightclubs, punk shows. I, I got to hang out with Gloriana on their, on their tour. That's a country band. Mm-hmm. And in the balloon world, people thought I was crazy. Like nobody, everyone thought I was being like, how dare you do that? It's inappropriate. I'm like, bars and nightclubs? I'm like, I'm making the same balloons I, I do for kids because adults just want to be kids too. And I loved it. I actually brought some of my awards up with me for my display cabinet downstairs. Um, let me take these out. I'll show them. So I reach them. I have two big old plaques there too, but I have these. And like I said, I started winning competitions. Um, just constantly winning like my my family and i we uh, i won 20 and uh when i was 13 years old i won an international award for clowning um uh balloon group first place where's my single balloon first place which one's this one multiple balloon second place and i think this is yeah this is my master balloon in 2014 uh, there it is this is my master balloon award that i won in 2014 wow. and like, I'm very proud of these, but so many people thought I was crazy for doing all these, like, nightclubs and bars. Then other people started copying me. And that was when I realized that if you're going against the mold and you're breaking the mold, Pete, you're going to get haters. But eventually, people are going to start copying you. And that's mm-hmm. when you know you've struck something great. And I don't care if people are copying me. I care that I'm doing what I like doing. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm not hurting anyone. And so I was very proud of what I accomplished in the balloon world and the magic world and bringing punk rock vibe and like and bringing that same 110 percent like vibe to it and being accepting of everyone if you don't like me i don't care do your thing i'm not gonna stop you aries fine come in the don't yell aries <laughs> you hear my cat just screaming at me through the door hi buddy yeah, hi <laughs> that was great timing mm-hmm. so when the car accident happened <clears throat> i was actually on my way to pick up balloons for a gig that night well, come here then no you you're yelling you're gonna come here and say hi <laughs> see there you go See that? There you go. Now go away. See now, <laughs> now he'll now he'll leave. <laughs> yeah. He just wanted well, to make not. his appearance. Yeah, he just wanted to make his buddy cast appearance. Yeah, Shadow's probably still napping downstairs. <laughs> but <laughs> then, like on the way to pick up balloons for a gig that night um, uh, in December of 2019, my wife and I were in a car accident. Some free was coming to a stop, and someone wasn't paying attention and plowed into the back of us. And just like a day or two before, we did the one year payment on my wife's brand new car. Mm. And so, and it ended up hurting my back and my hip really bad. And uh, I, I, I needed surgeries to fix things. Like my hip got really messed up. My back got really messed up. And then started having more and more complications. And we found out literally just a couple months ago, I have a rare neurological pain disorder that I was t- diagnosed with years prior and was never told about. And it spread to the rest of my body. Uh, we don't really know all the, we still figuring things out still. And so I can't get, but with the neurological pain disorder, I can't get surgeries to fix the 
things that got damaged in the car accident because it'll just make the pain worse. So I have to live with the problems that from the car accident, most people get fixed with surgeries. I can't get them fixed. And so with that, I can't go back to my magic shows, my sideshow stunts, my balloon art, because people don't realize how much your body is used for balloon art, especially the big stuff I used to do. And it, it was devastating to be lying there doing physical therapy. And like my physical therapy was literally me like, you know, with like two pound weights doing like these tiny little things. Like it was, I was starting from like scratch. I could barely walk and it was heartbreaking. And then that's when I like, so I was listen, listening to your podcast and I realized that I, I was always trying to find something new to do. And my friend Valerie is the one that called me one day and, um, and she's a medical doctor. She actually applied as a joke to Oxford University and got in. <laughs> and as a doctor now, she's a wicked smart girl, uh, amazing friend too. And she's only reminded me that when I lost my hearing, I got hearing aids and I couldn't keep up with the music program at college. And I ended up switching my major, and I never stopped playing music. But I got into judo and got really good at judo, and then you know um, had to stop doing that for other medical reasons. And then I found I found, I always found new things to do, no matter what things that happen. Oh, now Shadow's here. Hi, Shadow. I always found new things to do. And I always excelled at whatever I did. When I started getting serious about balloons, I excelled at that. And no matter what, and she's the one that told me, goes, okay, what do you feel like being the best at this time? And I'm like, you're right. And like I said, it's all your, we tried a few things and hey, don't, don't, don't be mean. You both can wander around the art room. Seriously? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and leave. There you go. Um, and that's why I decided, I'm like, you know what? I can be disabled and I can still write stories. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have to sit there and write the whole book in one day. If my hands are hurting, I, that's when I stop for the day. And I can pick it up the next day where I can take a couple of days off. I can do it at my pace. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I like a lot about Lulu was that I don't have deadlines to meet. I do it whenever I feel like doing it. And I realize that I can still, I can still find a career. I can still do something. And so, and all the medals, and like the, yeah, I don't get to use my balloons, my magic. So the medals that I've won over the years and all the awards I have, it's just a reminder that I can still win something. So now I just got to prove it again with a different thing. I've won medal, like I said, I've won awards for clowning. I've won awards for magic. I've won awards for balloons. Uh, I've won awards for judo. Uh, I've won awards for um, cross country running. Um, so I won awards for, uh, let me see, judo like every everything so now it's like all right what do i feel like winning awards in this time and now it's going to be writing so i'm not going to it takes a lot more to stop me than a, neuro, a rare neurological pain disorder mm -hmm. it's a lot more than that <laughs> so absolutely somebody i gotta ask um you mentioned there's going to be more books in the future yeah so uh, uh my wife jamie and i actually sat down one day and we just started we sat down for about 30 minutes and just brainstormed and just from that one brainstorming session, we wrote down 47 ideas. And since then, we come up with more. And so one of the things we want to do um, is we want to make a whole classroom for Jamie. So we want to have it where she goes to the first day of school. And the idea for that one, <clears throat> which I'm really excited about, is Jamie is not going to be like the heroine of the story. She's not going to be gung-ho and ready for school. She's going to be the nervous one. She's going to be the one that becomes sleepless. She's going to walk in there and be like hiding behind her. And we don't say mom and dad. We say grownups because not everyone lives with mom and dad. And so mm -hmm. we, want to, we want to encourage that you have your grownups that keep you safe, that you that believe in you. And so she's going to be the one to hide behind a grownup's leg. And that's where we're going to introduce some of the friends in the classroom. So we're going to introduce the best friend in the series based on my real life best friend, Sammy. And Sammy's going to be the one that approaches her and says like, hey, would you like to come play with like, you know, me and my friend Isaiah? And so Jamie's going to be the shy one because so many, like every other book out there that I've seen is all about the kid, like, you know, find the courage to do anything. And that's not how Jamie was in real life. My wife was the shy one and my best friend, Sammy was the gung ho one. So why not show that in real life that you can be the shy one and still have a good time at school. And so Sam, Jamie's going to be the shy one in the series for a lot of the stuff and still learn and still ask questions, but still get to explore. And have her best friend be there by her side sometimes, and sometimes she's going to be alone and still get to discover new things. And have her grown-ups help her guide the way, and other times she has to take that step forward by herself. And that's part of growing up. And so we want to make it where she is the shy one, because that's not always shown. Uh, but we want to showcase first responders. All my friends are first responders, and we want to showcase how they're there, to, how helpful they are, and how great they are. Uh, we want to show different cultures. 
uh, like our friend Fred is a uh, Korean. And so we want to have like, Fred's going to be one of the classmates. We want to have like spend after school with Fred one day and learn about Korean culture. And so we can, we, we can do a lot of storytelling with just different characters in the classroom. And so we want to utilize that as much as we can. Uh, we were definitely going to show you in some of the books as well. We discussed that before the show started. We're definitely going to be showcasing you in there. We gotta have we gotta have Nick Sorensen in there. Um, wouldn't wouldn't quite. How can we pay homage to Buddy Cast for help for help making this possible without showing you in the story somehow? And so I got to tip the hat for that one. I got. Let me turn mine around for a second. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, there's so much. Like, with just the name Jimmy Wonders. There's so much potential. Like we do, we want to tackle pet loss. I'm like, how many kids experience that? I remember going through that. And actually, the book that my parents bought me is actually on the shelf right over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually, actually, I can see it from here. Uh, the book that my parents bought me as a little kid to help me get over the loss of my first pet. I, when I got my book published, I wanted to make sure that the, I remembered a few books that I had as a kid that really made me want to be a writer. And we actually ordered a few books off of Amazon that really stood out in my memory as a kid. And we immediately bought those and those were up in my little workspace in my art room uh, that my wife and I use to create stuff. Don't mess up my work. <laughs> um, I got shadow sneaking around my art room. This <laughs> is the weirdest interview ever, huh? Yeah, we had, we've had, we've seen it all on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Uh, so we, I want to make sure I'm surrounded by the things that made me want to write. And yeah. I've always loved writing. And so I thought, what better way to do that than actually have the books that made, made me love storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so we want to, and I, I want to do that myself. And so we want to take on that. We want to take on like cancer is a big one that we want to tackle because people want to sit there and tell kids like, you know, Oh, don't worry about, don't worry about, but kids know something is up. And so I want to help not, I don't want to be the one telling people like, here's how to have the conversation. I want to help guide the conversation, give you a starting point by telling a story. So in this way, I don't want my stories to ever be just uh, pass a story that you just sit there, you read to your kid at the end, okay, good night, and then you turn off the light and then you leave the room. I want to be where when you close the book, there's a conversation you have afterward. And so like at the end of this one, I'll give I'll, I'll give everyone a little spoiler of what, this, of what makes this book special. Okay, Shadow, hey, Shadow, stop eating stuff. Stop eating the plastic. He likes to chew on plastic all the time. And I can hear plastic being chewed on. Mm-hmm. So the tooth fairy, she, let me go one page before this too. Well, come on hands, work with me. There we go. So she rewards you for your baby teeth. Cause how many kids are excited when their tooth all wiggling and they're going all day, but it actually falls out. And there's like a couple of drops of blood. Some kids get panicky cause it's scary sometimes. So she rewards you for that. But she takes all your favorite things as you outgrow them as well, and she puts them in a museum in heaven for you. So as you, so when you go to heaven, you can walk through your own museum with all your loved ones and see all the things that made you who you are. And so this is my favorite page in the book. I know this question you want to ask too. Yeah, this my is my favorite. Can you give us yeah. a, Could you give us a little demonstration, a little yeah. reading? This is my favorite page because uh, where's that? This is my comfort toy as a kid. That's my rabbit that I had. This is uh, Jamie's comfort toy as a kid. It's a little kitty cat she had. This is my illustrator's comfort toy as a kid. It was a little ballerina flyer. Those, uh, I can't remember, um, Sky Dancers. That was them. You had yeah. like a little thing, you pull it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is actually my grandmother's dollhouse that she had when she was a little girl. And these are the drawings that were on my illustrator's refrigerator at the time she was illustrating this page. So it's a very personal page to all of us. And so we want to make sure that we show this museum in heaven that your stuff goes to. So this way, your favorite things, you don't lose forever. Your favorite things go in your museum. The rest of the stuff you can donate or give to other people. You sell them at garage sales. That stuff's fine. But we want to make sure that, you know, your favorite stuff is special. So like, well, your baby teeth go in your museum. And little hidden things, like like time she lost her tooth, like, I love that. She has a pet one-eyed cat because my illustrator had a one-eyed cat growing up. She wanted to put it in the book. Mm-hmm. So the cat's looking in the mirror, and then the little ladybug that's always there is also has its own little mirror. <laughs> little like the little critter. There's always, that little, there's always the cricket and the spider. That's actually where we got the idea from. We, My illustrator and I both loved the little critter stories growing up. So that's actually like, – she's like, well, we have a little ladybug. She loves ladybugs. So when the story's done, we also ask – and every book's going to have this. 
Now that you know all about the tooth theory and your museum in heaven, what are you looking forward to putting in your museum? Write it down here and put this book under your pillow so the tooth fairy knows what items you're ready for her to take. It has a few lines. This way you can, so this way you're encouraging kids to let go of some of their possessions. Because how many kids grow, don't want to let go of stuff? Then you end up with a whole game room trying to recapture your youth like I do. <laughs> I have a room full of video games paying too much for my childhood again. And so, or you have that, or you have a situation where you can't let go of the blankie, and you're going into kindergarten. Yep. And so, I want kids to understand that you know it's okay to have your favorite things; they're going to be there waiting for you. And so, I want I want kids to be able to let go of that. And parents, you know, they're going to keep it like in the little trunk under the bed, kind of thing, for when they get older. Their favorite, your kids' favorite things. Every parent's going to do that. But I want kids to understand that it's okay to let go. Your favorite things are going to be there waiting for you. Like I said, I don't want my books to just be a passive store. I want them to be a learning experience and that you can sit down and have a conversation with your kids afterward. And that's the big thing is that the whole series, we're, we're trying to, every story we want to try to teach emotional intelligence of some kind because that's such an overlooked thing, especially kindergarten to second graders. It's such an overlooked age group. And it's a very vital age group too. So you mm -hmm. want to really teach kids how to express their feelings and how to listen about their feelings as well and how to communicate really well. Because a lot of kids in that age group don't know how to talk about how they're really feeling. And I think it's really important that they do. And I know, like, in our, like, especially for, like, when we were growing up, we didn't have that skill. And I think it's important that kids do learn that skill. And I think, you know, if I can at least help get that conversation going, I'm doing a really good thing. And that's the reason for the whole series is that's the ultimate goal is to help teach emotional intelligence in kids. Love it. Absolutely love it. So, buddy – where can we find the book? Where can I, uh, if anyone's watching this episode right now and wants to buy the book, where can they find it? Uh, Amazon, uh, online through Amazon, Walmart, or Barnes & Noble on any of those websites. Uh, the easiest way, because um, we spell Jamie, the way my wife spells it, is J-A-I-M-E. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, you can also just search for Zia Quill K. There's... I'm not doing that. There you go. That's yep. if you type that in on any of those things, this book will pop right up because there's nobody else with this name. So <laughs> real easy to find it that way. <clears throat> um, we are working on the website. I do own the com. We're just working on the website. Um, I really am not good at doing that stuff, and I really don't like doing it. That was the problem with my balloon website when I had it. I hated working on it. It's not something I like doing, and so that takes me a while to get it done. Um, and now that we know the neurological stuff, I actually have a little more time to focus on work on that stuff. And so work on that. And then, um, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just, uh, everything's at Jamie wonders. I think Instagram is at Jamie wonders official. And then Facebook is at Jamie wonders. So you can find us on there too. Uh, the website is going to be Jamie Uh, like, so there's nothing on there yet. I, I gotta get on that. I really do <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Uh, I did just move, so now I finally have my computer set up so I yeah. can actually start getting work done. <laughs> Moving is not fun. No. So, but I, and now I can now I actually have a computer set up. Um, so I can actually start getting some work done with that, which is nice. But yeah, so in, uh, but yeah, any of those websites, you can find it pretty easily. Um, like, so that's what the cover looks like. Each cover is going to be similar, just have a different color. And then this one has like, you know, uh, little tooth fairies and teeth and stuff and stars. So, um, each book will have the same little watercolor background, but different little chalk drawings to represent what the story's about. And so be different colors for different books. We all have the same kind of vibe to it. So they're all going to have like that theming going on with it. Wonderful. Now, buddy, I've got two more questions for you to make all this right. official buddy cast. The first one is brought to us by my buddy Jonas Kane at Hashtag Positivity. He wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? This I remember this I remember this one from the last time. And it's a tough question to ask because there's so many possibilities. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think being someone's buddy is honestly, I think I think the simplest way is just be polite. Treat treat everyone as if as if they're your friends. Like when you first meet someone, when you first become someone's friend, how you just want to get to know them. You you just want to do you just want to do something nice for them. Like you just want to sit down and have lunch with them, just treat everyone that way. I think if you did, I think if we all treat everyone as if you're, you're their buddy, it'd be so much nicer out there. Well, you're, that's that's the easiest thing. Just treat everyone as if you just became friends. 
Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's what it means to be someone's buddy. Just treat everyone as if you just became friends. That that first injury of having a new friend, just that I think that's what it means to be someone's buddy. Is that that feeling never dies? Love that answer. Treat everybody as if you just became friends. You're absolutely right. Now the final question, the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this one? I hope so. <laughs> what is your advice to anyone out there who has a book on their heart like you did? And wants to get it out. What's your advice to them? I think the most important thing is to write. I think too many people try to figure out they, they want to make their first thing the best thing. And it's never the case. Even with Jen Wonders about the tooth fairy, there's so much I would change about it now, but I don't focus on that. I focus on what what can I do for the next story that's gonna make it better. Um, your first draft is never your best draft, and it never will be. Um, don't don't put too much emphasis on that. Excuse me. And when it comes to getting published, ask. Just ask. There's so many writers out there that have been through the experiences and they're willing to help you. Like I said, Aaron was such a huge help for me. And I, I've been talking to actually another writer that I met in a writer's group on Facebook. And I actually just got her in contact with Aaron because uh, some of the questions she has are a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but they're definitely in Aaron's. <clears throat> and so... Like I said, if you want to reach out to me, um, if anybody wants to reach out, if wants to be wants to get their work published, you can definitely reach out to me. I'm easy to find, um, either through any of my social medias, um, or you know, and I, if I can't answer it, I'll definitely get in contact with Aaron because I know he loves helping people. He's always helping people out. Um, but you know, just just keep writing. That's the important thing. Uh, I, I do writing. I do writing techniques all the time. Like it's things I, I know I'm never going to publish. It's just writing, and then when I'm done, I delete it because it's just a writing practice. It's just about getting something onto paper or on my tablet in my case. It's just getting stuff, just getting work done. It's like exercising. Do you, professional fighters, are they actually trying to win a fight every time they exercise? No, they're just exercising. It's just about that exercise. That's the important part is exercise. And I think like, you know, I think that's what's going to make you a better writer, make your stories good. So when it's time to publish, it's going to be a good one. Awesome. Well, buddy, thank you so much. <laughs> For coming back to BuddyCast, for promoting your book. Congratulations on it. Thank you. I'm very proud I, of you. Very, I think it was great that we that, that we close. I think it was great that we closed out my balloon career on BuddyCast, and then we launched my book career on BuddyCast. I think that was the best way to do things. Uh, that yeah. that was such a poetic way of doing it. I, I I really do think it was a poetic way of doing it. Yes. So. Even when Finsley first learned. Uh, we have a comment from the audience. Yeah. You've been writing since you were since you first learned your ABCs. Yeah. that's my mom. Yeah. I, oh, hi, mom. I have I have I have tons. I actually have tons of paperwork of some of my old homework things. I was constantly writing stories, and even in like junior high when I got my first uh, camcorder, I have tons of old digital aid and high eight tapes and home movies. I was always making films with my friends, writing stories. I was always coming up with stories and characters. That's always been me. I wrote a lot of our clown skits that we used to perform and compete as. That's why I always hate it. One year, someone actually told us that uh, if it wasn't for my parents, um, that's my sister-in-law. <laughs> um, someone told me that if it wasn't for my parents, I would never win these competitions. So the next year, I entered in a competition with a skit that I wrote. And no one even recognized me in the clown makeup. So at the award ceremony, they announced that I won. Everyone's like, that was him? And I'm like, yeah, I told you I can still do it. Uh, thank you, Clown Connection. It's a clown group that I, that I go to. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things that it's, uh, um, it, it's such a, it's such a cool thing to be able to take all this knowledge I've had from previous things and apply it to my writing now. And knowing that I've written all these clown skits and magic shows and little short films, uh, really dorky stuff over the years, but it helped me get to the point where I am now. I think if I try doing Jimmy Wonders, 10, 15 years ago, like when I first actually wrote the story, it wouldn't have been nearly what it is now. I think I needed to have that time. So I think that was, vi- I think that was vital. So it's all in perfect timing. It's all in a perfect plan. Yeah. Know? Like I said, I think, I think it was ready for it. So huge. Thank you for your yeah. podcast. I think without it, without your podcast, I never would have met Aaron and this book never, I don't think this book ever would have happened. I think it would have just been like a fever dream. And I would have just been sitting there on disability, not knowing what to do in my life. So huge thank you to you, Nick. I, I definitely Anytime, owe you a lot. Buddy. It's what buddies are for. Yep. And the book thing doesn't work out. I'll come to you for another career. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. We have plenty of We have 
281 uh, yeah. options for you to choose from. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch some more ones. I'll reach out to them and be like, hey, do you guys have a career I can try? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, buddy, thank you again for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was a pleasure. Best of luck with the book. I hope it sells phenomenally. I hope you win awards for it. I hope it goes all the way. So thank you. And send me a copy, uh, if you will. I, I will send you a very special signed copy with a very special note in it. Uh, send me a message when we're done with your uh, address and everything. We'll, we'll yeah, talk afterwards. Yeah, I was about to say stick around. Yeah. We'll talk for a minute afterwards. Yeah. But you know, I have one favor to ask you before we close out this episode. Oh yeah. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, please go be someone's buddy. Definitely. Always, always, always. Love it. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy Zia Quill K. Please. Check out his book, Jamie Wanders. You won't regret it. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Thank you for joining us here on another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. We'll see you next time. And take care. And like I told Jamie, or like I told my buddy Zia, please go be someone's buddy today. You never know who needs it most. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.